Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the show, hour number two. Bill Rowan and KJ Carson right here on the Daily Tip, brought to you by BetMGM. Coming up this hour, MVP Monday. We're we'll also take a look quickly at the NCAA men's basketball slate in the top 25. Also, the committee put out their first 16, the top four seeds in each region, kind of the midway point or a little bit past the midway point as we get closer to March Madness. That was released. We'll give you who those were and what their odds are to win the national title at BetMGM. That's coming up at 720. Also get into a lot of other things later on in the show as well. So stick around because there's a ton going on, including the Daytona 500 that will be run later today because of rain, which doesn't happen very often in NASCAR, but once again, it happened in Daytona. All right, KJ, not to get morbid here on a Monday okay. morning, on a holiday Monday, but this question came up. I, well, I we, do cele- we, do, we do celebrate dead presidents today, so I guess we the morbidity that is works. True. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> this came up with a couple of friends of mine over the weekend. Okay. Somebody had gotten one of these articles sent to them in their email, I don't know, oh. You know, what Gizmodo or BuzzFeed. I don't know what it was. Right. Brought up the fact of would you, when you die, if you decided to say be cremated, mm-hmm. would you send your ashes to be buried on the moon? Because apparently that's a thing now and you can do it for well under a thousand dollars. So here's the question. Who's coming to visit my spread ashes on the moon? 
<laughs> like I can go to the beach, right? Like I can go stand in front of the Atlantic Ocean and someone could say, you know, hey, KJ's ashes are out here in the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, you get to the Atlantic Ocean. Who's getting to the moon? So look, if nobody liked you, sure, right? Like if you're like, you know what? I, I, I couldn't stand people. People couldn't stand me. Just take my ashes to the moon, you know? For under a thousand bucks, that's really like being motivated to 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 sell, right? Like, because that's a cheap price putting anything. Like, I had friends in college who put payloads on with NASA for things, and they worked like years to do that. But if I can pay like nine ninety nine to send someone I don't likes ashes, now Lord forbid if you know some ex girlfriends ashes came my way <laughs> later on, I'd see if they got a discount. I was like, how much can you do five for for two thousand? You know, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if you're if you're not liked, and, and or if you're like a Star Trek space nerd type person, then yeah, that could be kind of cool because your friends are just like, dude, his ashes are on the moon. But for me, like a very Earth guy, nobody can visit my ashes even going to a beach. Is that are, is that what you're expecting from your children that when you pass away, twenty five, okay. thirty, however long it is, years from now, we're hoping that years. we all. I still- Oh, I still yeah, have a lot to do with this company. Yeah. <laughs> we're all hoping that we make it to 100. So let's just call right. it what it is. When, when you finally do leave this plane, if you will. Right. Are you expecting to be visited? Where my remains are, I would hope. Right. Okay. All right. And here's only because I do have a point of reference. Right. Okay. Well, not that. Not that is we had a situation in our family where, uh, you know, rest her soul. My daughter's my oldest daughter's mother has passed away. She right. was cremated. We do go very like it's a secret. We have a secret spot where we know that her ashes have been tossed and we know exactly where to go. So sometimes my daughter and I will say, hey, I went to the bridge today. So I know okay. exactly what she's saying. So. So, yeah, right. I. I Granted, there would be a fight in the family about it. But then again, I'm like, you know, you might save a lot of money. I'm 6'4". I'm a big dude. You know, you get this down to maybe about 15 pounds in a cup. You guys might be okay, you know. But, you know, who's going to carry me? You know, so. um, But, yeah, you know, look, that would be their choice. I'm not that selfish of a person. But I think they would. Okay. That's fair. I tell them I love them. A lot. A lot of people have an expectation of, well, yes, absolutely. They should come see me you know, once a year, whether it's birthday or hot. And I'm like, but I don't know. Do you, I look at it and go, you probably won't know if they do. Well, and if actually they, I, and if I disagree. Do, okay. That's fine. Because, I mean, cause I think dead bodies, they all become peace spirits in the air, right? Like, we're all spirits in the material world. So, like, if you don't show up and suddenly this wind hits you as you walk out the door, but it's a non-windy day, maybe that might be a reminder sure. you might need to stop by. So, I don't need you to sure. come by all the time. I don't even need you to set, like, an appointment setting. Even if you've just come once, I think that would be fine. If And if it hurts to come back again, I totally understand because all of us, right. my friend, are just dust in the wind. There you go. Thank you. I believe Kansas, the reference. There, there you go. I'm, right. I'm, it's a yes. Kansas and Jayhawk, both at the same time. Right. There, there you go. So anyway, there was just an interesting conversation of whether or not you would actually pay money to have your ashes sent to the moon. I wasn't exactly on board, but there were some people that are big space nuts that were like, yeah, that would be kind of cool. But like you, I go, well, at least then people would have an excuse not to visit because right now 
moon travel, not a thing. Look, talk to me when you can take ashes to Uranus. Then we can have a conversation. We will do that. Very well. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just go ahead and get to MVP Monday and we bring in our producer, David Dyson, to the nominees on this Monday. David, what do you got for us? Here are your nominees for Monday MVP. 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 I'm I'm not even sure if I can recover from that one, Bill. Wow. Um, I will tell you this. What's a day I'm like you doing in a bar like this? (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you this much. Um, I already have my will written out and everything like that. I am getting cremated, and it, they have been told exactly where my ashes are to be spread. So right. it, it's one of those things that I, I – never in a million years would I do the moon, though. No. The, ooh, look, space. Yeah. <laughs> what if they drop you, you are... on the way up? <laughs> what if it drops on the way <laughs> What yeah, if something goes wrong and the, the rocket blows up and then your ashes are among ashes of everything everywhere? Yeah, it's just, it just spreads all over like the Florida coast. Yeah, and then then you're coming Ugh. back into the atmosphere and people are breathing. No, I don't want no. People don't need to breathe my at, my ashes. No, thank you. No, I'm good. All right, well, you guys are way better than me that you've already figured out what you're going to do with yourselves. I haven't I got a will nothing. Now I'm thinking I might have to do something about that, but Anyway, sorry, David. Go ahead. I've got my cigar ashes here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get to these nominees. Nominee number one, Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors. Said he had to be perfect on that one. Ten seconds. Curry wasn't even in the three-point contest, but he stole the show on Saturday night at the NBA All-Star Weekend. He ended with a score of 29 points in his Steph versus Sabrina battle, finishing with a higher score than anyone in the regular three-point contest. Nominee number two, Hideki Matsui, Matsuyama. Matsuyama, three times today, he's had three birdies in a row. Matsuyama shot a 9-under 62 in the final round on Saturday to capture the Genesis Invitational by three shots over runners-up Will Zalatoris and Luke List. The 62 is the lowest final round in Riviera Country Club history, and Matsuyama came from six shots down in the final round to win. Nominee number three, Damian Lillard. Dave's on. You got to give me one, Dave. Oh, you got to give me one, Dave. And this year's 2024 Kobe Bryant MVP trophy goes to Damian Lillard. Lillard became the first player since Michael Jordan in 1989 to win a skills competition on Saturday 
and then take home an MVP honors on the all for the All Star Game. Lillard won the three point contest Saturday night and then led the East to a record setting 211 points in the game on Sunday. Nominee number four, Jake Diebler, Ohio State. Stay away. They throw it up for Edie. It's tipped away. The Ohio State Buckeyes. They were shocked earlier this week with a coaching change. Diebler took over the interim coach of the Buckeyes after Ohio State fired Chris Hoftman on Wednesday, getting just three days to prepare for number two team in the country. The Buckeyes responded in their biggest win of the season, knocking off Purdue 73-69. So, Bill, who is your Monday MVP? Oh, I get to start off. I thought you were going to go to KJ here, but I'll go ahead and fight the bullet first. Look, it was fun watching the all-star festivities, of course. That's always a good time. Dame, I guess, winning the three-point contest again, back-to-back years and pulling off the feet that hadn't been done since Jordan 89. Pretty cool. The Steph Curry thing, look, that wasn't even an actual contest. Really, right? He was just a one-on-one with, with him and Sabrina, so that was fun as well, but... I'm going to go with Hideki Matsuyama. He wins the golf tournament over the weekend. First, a couple of things for him that was impressive. He's six shots back entering the final round. So he's an afterthought as far as somebody who actually may win the golf tournament. So not only did he come from six shots down, he ended up tying or setting the all-time final round record of a 62 and was a birdie on 18 that he missed by merely feet. It was close that he would have set the all-time record, course record for Riviera. I'm going with Matsuyama winning the Genesis Open, six shots back on the final round. He sets the final round record. I'm going Matsuyama. He's my MVP on this Monday. Uh, Not so bad there, Bill, but I'm with you. Okay, it was cool that Dame Lillard, you know, wins the NBA All-Star Game MVP, wins the three-point contest again in back-to-back years. But for some reason, I'm not really getting to festives. Okay, the Steph Curry-Sabrina battle, I guess that was cool. I think, if anything, I would have nominated Sabrina because she scored a 26 shooting from the men's three-point line. And so is there like a pro-rated score for her that should be in there? But I'm going to go with Jake Diebler beating Purdue. In fact, during the game, they were up by double digits on them. Think about what, 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 what was just said. He just took the job on Wednesday. So it's not like at 9 that morning, he was now suddenly the head coach. No, like things had to happen. He probably didn't get the job until 2 in the afternoon. He's meeting or talking with the players. And then, oh, by the way, you're game planning for some teams. I think there was a statistical analysis that said that actually Purdue, uh, by a couple of digits, was really the number one team ahead of ahead of UConn. So you're up double digits and you hold on to win against the number two team in the country. You shut 80 down. They caught, They have 14 turnovers. And you've done this since Wednesday, right? Like, like he, 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 you know, he must have felt like 
he must have felt like think of a game where someone was like plus 400 on a money line and you've taken them to take that money line and you're just watching them ride it. You're like, oh, my gosh, not only did I take the money line, but we're up double digits and then get the near heart scare of where it gets a tie. It's a tie game with about a minute left. They go to free throws and they end up pulling it off. They beat the number two team. They even brought out the 2000 team from Ohio State for good luck. I was like, shoot, like the way things were going is Michael Red got like another week of eligibility. So I'm going with Jake Diebler, man. This guy took the took his team from Firedome to beating the top one of the top two teams in the country really on two days rest. <laughs> I'm going to agree with both of you. I think both of those are solid picks. I'm going to go with Hideki Matsuyama. I'm going to be very honest with you. Bill asked earlier in the show, what did you do to supplement your no football? I watched this tournament. I watched this tournament both Saturday and Sunday. I watched the game. (laughs) I watched this game. So I will say this. I will say this. There was a run from from Matsuyama. I think it was 13, 14, and 15, where he did not have a putt for birdie that was over 18 inches. I think it was eight inches for birdie, six inches for birdie, and then 18 inches for birdie. That is unreal. Being dialed in that much at that course is crazy. So it goes Hideki Matsuyama for me. All right, very good. Thank you, Double D. What do you think, AJ, real quick before we get out of here? Ohio State has a losing record in conference, and they beat the best team in the country, damn it, like with the guy who just got hired on Wednesday. (laughs) We'll talk more Purdue on the other side. Are they still on the top line? Probably so. We'll do it next. Some Daily Tip brought to you by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, welcome back in, everyone. Hour number two, Bill Rowland, along with KJ Carson. This is the Daily Tip, brought to you by BetMGM. We are in for Chelsea and Jinx today. We appreciate you hanging out with us here on a Monday morning KJ, this segment before we get to the college basketball and the NCAA selection committee put out the top 16 seeds over the weekend so that fans and teams and everybody else could kind of get a look at what the committee is thinking as far as who the top teams are going to be this year. There's been, and I bring this to you because I know you are a musical guy. You started off, Mm -hmm. I believe, in music DJing before you went to sports talk, if I'm correct on that. I believe we've had enough conversation over the the period of time here. There's been a big controversy out there in the radio land as far as Beyonce putting out a country music record. So please, KJ, I am not one. A, Uh, I am aware of Beyonce. I am not part of the, is it a beehive? beehive, I'm not a beehive person, just like I'm not a Swifty. I appreciate the talent. I understand how good she is. I like some of the songs, but I'm not in-depth into it. I'm also not a country music guy either. Just has never right. got into my purview. So, you as a music guy, 
And it, and whenever you come on, you and I always are usually talking during the breaks, right. little music and everything else. Please educate me. What the hell is going on here? Okay, so behind the veil, if you will, is sometimes you have to poke the bear. And this is what I believe that Beyonce is doing. Now, let me first preface by saying that if you don't believe that Beyonce has no clue of country music, she's raised in Houston, Texas. You know, I mean, that's part of your DNA, right? You're going to listen to that music as well because it's the prevailing music where some would argue like, hey, you know, Taylor Swift moved to Nashville and was a country artist. So let's put that out there, but they are kind of tied to the same. I think what Beyonce is attempting to do is to say, okay, I'm not going to make a song that's any different that's currently being played as current country music, right? So I'm not trying to create some magnum opus that you all have to come to. I'm trying to create something that's in the vein and I have a bigger name than most of these other people. And then it's going to first people, it's going to force some people's hands to say, well, we're not going to play it because not that it's not a country song, but because of who it is almost like we have a bigger problem with the messenger than we do with the message. Okay. So so I listened. So the biggest one is the Texas Hold'em song, right? So there's a lyric in there. She says, well, park your Lexus and toss your keys out. And I was just like, okay, you know, country tends to be a more of American-made car. Lexus is a high-end luxury vehicle. Then it hit me. I said, you know what? What's the top performing engine in NASCAR right now? It's a Toyota. So Toyota's a Lexus. So maybe like there's an advance there that I was like, whoa, mind blown. So look, it's a semantics. You hear this term, it's an election year. So a, a lot of sensitivities are very high. And when people poke the bear, suddenly it becomes a crisis to suddenly have the Continental Congress convene and decide what are we going to do with the future of the Republic? Did, did she do an entire album or just a song in the country vein i again i plead ignorance i have no idea no it's better to do that than to say that you know what should be and shouldn't be so there are two songs released that and 16 okay. carriages my wife thinks is a beautiful song she says it has such a deep meaning to it i'm like i'm not i have to go back and listen to it but a full album will come and i think the argument and what's going to be put in front of the country music uh programmers who decide these things how can you ignore probably what's going to be the top selling country album that week or maybe for a couple of weeks, one of the most streamed country songs, and then say, well, I'm not going to play it. Then you're kind of admitting to I have a bigger problem with the messenger than I do with the message. Right. So it's not it's not a polit Texas Hold'em. It's, there's nothing political. If there was a political vein in there. Sure. But I think what people are doing, they're putting their their personal politics in front of mm. professional decisions. In your opinion, do you like the song? Is it a good song? It's catchy, right? It's, it's, it's a catchy song. You'll find yourself singing along to it. And that's kind of the idea that you would want to make in the song. You want someone to be, you know, like when the guitar part comes in, it's like, bing, 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 bing. It's like, okay, this is kind of hot, you know? But in terms of like the whole song and everything, it, it's more of a female empowerment type thing. And so I'll leave it on that side of the fence. But in terms of catchy, I totally get it.
Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, cool. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to make the Beyonce fans mad. Jinx has already oh, I- figured out what it go when you go down that road with the Swifties. You certainly don't want to do that with the Beyonce fans. That would be a mistake. Well, I could care less what they think because. I've personally met these people that they're getting me at me. So, you know, that's right. the thing. I've known Beyonce since she's 17. I met Taylor Swift when she was about that same age as well. So I could care less. Oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I could care less, brother. Real quick before we get to college basketball, also a little bit, actually a huge comeback. Have you heard Billy Joel's new song, the first one in what, nearly 30 years that he's put out? See, now this is the other side of that coin where it's like, Mm -hmm. you're Billy Joel. Why do you feel like you need to make a new song when everybody loves even more of your songs than when they first came out, right? So uh, what is the uh, the Fall of Saigon album, I think it is, the one with like Tell Her About It and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It had the Iron Curtain, that's the name of it, right? Like, you now have people singing that Fall of Saigon song. Like, it's, like, heavily requested now, but it was made for POWs back at that time. So, like, people are digging deeper into Billy Joel's catalog that when he does these shows, like, they wouldn't, like, I now fell in love with this one over here, and nobody was really calling for that. But, you know, like, I get it. If you're an artist, you want to make, and and truth be told, like, there's a little bit of a flex. Billy Joel used to live down the beach from where I grew up. So when him and Christy Brinkley got married in this town called Deal, his house was $4 million at the time, which was like, which would now be like a $30 million house. It was this huge piano that you could see from the shoreline as you were coming wow. down going south. It was this huge piano. So, you know, look, I think Billy Joel is like, dude, you've had a lot of victories. A lot of victories. You've had a supermodel as a wife. You've gone from playing in a piano bar to an international success. I don't need to hear your new song. I, I, I don't know if it's good. I haven't heard it, but I, I'm i not calling okay. for it at the concert. It's, uh, it is basically, if you haven't heard it, I would say give the video a look because we've talked about AI on this show plenty and where that's going. The video is pretty remarkable as far as what AI can do, making him look like the Billy Joel from the 70s, 80s, and 90s singing this new song. It's pretty freaky. It is pretty – KJ, I'm telling you, it's I hate, I hate, I hate that. I mean, like, because here's the thing. People start to believe it. I don't know if you've seen this on social media, but someone has recreated Jordan missing the shot and Craig Elo celebrating, and they're now passing it oh, off wow. as – they're now passing it off as, hey, this is the time that Jordan missed against Cleveland. And guess what? People believe it. They believe it. Wow. I said, when are, we, when are we getting Buckner scoops up the and, and, and you just see the one circle, the, the, the circle three, you know, the unassisted step on first and Boston wins the 86 series. Like, that's the dangerous thing about AI. It's good in some places. It's really confusing for people who have no interest in knowing the truth. Yeah, this this is pretty interesting, though. Again, pretty wild because you sit there and watch him. And, again, the mouth is going with the lyrics. And, and it's like, whoa, this is really – you still get the creepy vibe because you can tell that it's AI and it's a right. creepy kind of thing. But you go, 
boy, they're not far off from being able to do this like so well that you wouldn't be able to tell. It's it's pretty crazy. It's wild. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, you got to check it out. All right. Uh, over the weekend, NCAA revealed their top seeds for the men's bracket. And this came out before Purdue took the L on Sunday to Ohio State. They were put in as the number one overall seed, KJ. The other number ones on that top line, UConn, Houston, and Arizona. And it's interesting because UConn, the defending champs, plus 500 at Bet MGM, Purdue's plus 650, Houston plus 950, Arizona plus 1,000. Do you have any arguments for any of these not to be on that top line? You know, if Purdue doesn't win, their, if they don't win the Big Ten, I would have an issue with them winning, being a number one. Okay. They, they've lost to Northwestern. They've lost to I, uh, Ohio State, the second worst team in their conference. But they've beaten Arizona. So I would be concerned – and let's see what North Carolina does because they're that top line of the second twos that we'll get to. But North Carolina's had struggles also inside of their conference. It's just that Purdue, when they're losing these games, they're losing to teams that they shouldn't even be sniffed with on the court. So that that that's the thing I'm going to watch for. If, if they happen to lose the Big Ten tournament, and not to an Illinois, right? If they don't lose to an Illinois, because mm-hmm. keep in mind, Illinois is only a game out from the top spot in the Big Ten, right. and we're talking about a team that's around 10th or 12th in the league in terms of nationally. So if they're not even the Big Ten champion, I would find it hard to put them in as a number one seed where, say, a North Carolina would have to run the gauntlet, win the ACC and the tournament. They would probably move to a number one, Purdue down to a two. All right, and that's the next thing. The number two seeds here, North Carolina, they are plus 1,800 to win the national title. Tennessee Marquette, who just took an absolute thumping from UConn over the weekend. And then Kansas, who's interesting. They're getting healthier now, but they're also one of those teams that they tend to lose a game, and you look up and go, why is Kansas losing to Team X here? They're plus 2,000. The teams there on the number two line, I guess you've already answered it, North Carolina probably the threat of all of them to move up to that top line. Yeah, I'm with you with Kansas. I've been burned with I've been burned by Kansas when they should have won it all and I kind of stay away from Kansas on long shots. Now granted they've won it all, but I've just there it is just always this feeling that unless they're just absolutely trouncing their opponents, they can be had. And I do wonder and and the same thing with Houston, you know, if if they start missing shots, which they're prone to do, they don't tend to recover. So that the group of twos are very interesting, right? If Tennessee proves itself to be like, I I could potentially see two of those twos making the final four. Then I do seeing two of three or four of the number ones making it to the final four. Real quick, and again, it, this is all dependent on matchups. I, I usually hate these questions because I need to know who they're going to play. Right. But is Purdue one of those number ones that you wouldn't trust going into the NCAA tournament? Who else of those number one seeds would you go, hey, you know what? I don't trust them as much as I should trust a number one. Arizona, uh, and here's why. Okay. Arizona, they always tend to show a really strong showing – during the season, towards the end of the season. You remember last year they went with it through this with UCLA, right? 
like they'd beaten UCLA earlier, then they lose to UCLA towards the end of the season, and things kind of fell apart from there. If they get into where they're they're in a tough battle towards the end of the season with one of these other Pac-12 teams, we'll see how that plays out. It isn't as, as intense as it has been in the last couple of years. But sometimes that carries over into the tournament. I got burned on Arizona last year. So I, I, don't, I, I would think that Arizona could be that team that whittles out. And remember, if Purdue does fall to this two and Arizona stays as a one, we could potentially see a replay of Purdue, Arizona to see who goes yeah. to the final four. And that's where I would say I take Purdue because Purdue has won this game. All right, very good. Let's look at the number three seeds that, again, the committee put out. So we got about a little over a minute here uh, in this segment. Number three seeds, Alabama, Duke, Iowa State, and Baylor. Baylor all the way down at plus uh, or 35 to 1. Duke 25 to 1. Iowa State 20 to 1. Alabama 18 to 1. Me, I really am intrigued by Alabama there at 18 to 1. Boy, they can score the basketball, KJ. They, they can. And, and, and keep in mind – what the ACC used to be, it feels like that's what the SEC is starting to become in terms of its basketball strength, right? You've got a strong Auburn. You've got Tennessee. You've got Alabama. You've got Kentucky, who's also in the mix. So I've just ratted off four or five teams that could easily, that could potentially win their conference yeah. tournament, which would be an additional seed and bump somebody out. So again, Alabama is one of those teams that you could see them probably shocking one of these two seeds if everything plays out the way it does like if it's them in Tennessee is a 2-3 game then why why couldn't I see Alabama winning that game on a neutral site yeah Alabama just uh, now Texas A&M not ranked but they boy they did a number on the Aggies this weekend 175 if I can score the basketball they're going to be tough when it comes to March Madness we'll talk a little more college hoops including some of today's games a little bit later on in the show. Up next today, Daytona 500. If you don't have anything else to gamble on, we might as well throw out some dart picks for the Daytona 500. They're going to run today after the rain canceled yesterday's action. It's the Daily Chip, Bill and KJ in for Chelsea and Jinx right here. Brought to you by BetMGM. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And back here on the show, Bill rolled along with KJ Carson, filling in for Chelsea and Jinks today. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Coming up in the next hour, some NFL news and notes, including what Pittsburgh should do or will do with their quarterback situation, and also will i back into some college basketball because, again, there's no NBA to gamble on, KJ. There's no NFL to gamble on right now, so we got to do what we got to do, and that's turn to the college basketball <laughs> slate no matter how small it is. Um, but over the weekend, one of the things that came up, I want to get your thoughts on this before we get to the, to, to the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. The college game day basketball crew was down in Auburn. Uh, for their matchup, and of course they do it just like the college football. They go one of the places, and they're sitting around talking about Caitlin Clark, who has been obviously the talk of not only women's college basketball, but kind of college basketball and basketball at large over the past couple of weeks as she has gone past and set the women's all-time scoring mark. She 
went past Casey Plum, who had, uh, excuse me, Kelsey Plum, who had the record. And so they were talking about it on college game day. And Jay Williams, former Duke point guard, played in the NBA as well, had this to say about her. And I want to get your thoughts on this. He said, okay, I think she's the Steph Curry of women's college basketball. I think she has changed the dynamics of the way the game is played. But then he went on to say, I am unwilling. And and then he plays it on Kobe. He says, maybe it's the Kobe mentorship around me. I am unwilling to say that she is great yet. In my opinion, it has to culminate with your team winning a championship. Now, he got pushed back immediately from the rest of the crew there, Seth Greenberg, Jay Billis. But I'm going to ask KJ Carson, is Jay Williams really that far off by saying in order to be great or one of the greatest, you need to have a title? I think we might be getting caught up in word semantics in terms of what he was, what he might've been trying to get to. Like he might've been trying to say that she's not the greatest, but she's great. Don't get, don't get it wrong because you can be great and not be a champion. But I think to get into the greatest of all time conversation, you need to be a champion. So if that's what he was getting to, then I totally agree. We can't say this is the greatest college basketball player of all time. And you not win any titles in a sport where you're not talking about 20 competitive teams every year. That's that, that's not college women's college basketball. Great, yes. So if we're hanging up saying that Jay Williams is saying that she's not great, I don't think that's what he's saying. I can't put words into his mouth. But if he's making the argument that he doesn't believe that she's the greatest of all time just because she's the all-time NCAA leading scorer, and I think if you want to get into the semantics of women's basketball college – you, I think you have to go back to the AAIW before where you had smaller division twos and threes, and she's not the all-time scorer when you include players from those leagues as well. So is she the greatest of all time? No, there are no championships. Is she great? Absolutely. So in your mind, and, and I'm actually kind of leaning that way as well, and she's – look, she has – this season where she absolutely, Iowa could go and win the, the title. They were in the title game last year. She right. is talking about coming back next season as well. So she'd have another opportunity there, but I don't understand why everyone immediately jumped at him at Jay Williams for this take, because that's what has been being said about the NBA greats forever. No matter how good you've been, if you don't have the title, why does everybody say, oh, Jordan is better than LeBron? doesn't matter that LeBron's the all-time leading scorer. Jordan's got more titles, and he never lost in a final. That seems to be the dividing point. So what's the big deal if he says, hey, she wins a title. I'm going to throw her up there with the Diana Taurasi's, with the Sue Birds, people like that. But until she does, right. she's an elite scorer. She's been a cultural phenomenon. There's no question about that but she isn't among the girls. Well, I think we're in a time where the reaction means more to people than the facts, right? That is a fact that Caitlin Clark has not won an NCAA division one women's title. She hasn't won one of those yet. And until she does, can you have the conversation about the greatest? Because if we did this, nobody's saying that Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback of all time in the NFL. Why? Because he didn't win a championship. So we can't say, hey, it applies over here, but it doesn't apply over here just because the level of outrage that's going to come. 
I, I think that's just where we are now, where my outrage and my feelings are more important than what you factually stated. If I sat there and said, you know, your name is Bill Rowland. There shouldn't be 10 people suddenly saying you should be calling him William. That's disrespectful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you didn't silence the H like you're supposed to. That's where we are now. And sometimes people just need to shut up, listen to what's being said, and then form the opinion versus I'm just going to fly off the seat of my pants and not understand. So we get caught in the semantics. If Jason Williams is saying, look, she's not the greatest of all time, but she's great. He's absolutely right. But because people heard that she's not great, they're thinking, oh, she, he said she's not great. Now, some of it comes with media training and stuff like that. And this, I get to the semantics of like, these are athletes and you're trying to have them be precise with their words. And this is not exactly what they do. But sometimes people need to just stop themselves down for a second and, and think about what's being said versus getting straight into your emotions right away. Like, I want a sixth chicken McNugget, not five. I want a sixth. You know, like, oh, God. Yeah, and it, it is fascinating because I think – I think there is also some level of people, and I'm not saying they were white knighting for her. Caitlin Clark doesn't need anybody to white knight for her, but that's what a lot of people say is, oh, they were protecting her. You know, that's not what was going on here. The whole thing is, though, that she has become so popular and she is such a cultural phenomenon that any type of even perceived negativity towards her, people are losing their minds. When, as you said, it's just a conversation. It's just kind of piece, piecing it and putting it in spots where you go, hey, yes, she's great, but she hasn't won anything. And Diana Taurasi won, what, three times? Maybe she might have yeah. even won four times. Whatever it was, right. that's where he wants to start leveling off his greatness. I got no problem with it. I don't have a problem with it either. I think it's just that, you know, terms like hater has become such – part of the lexicon that people just jump on that is just like, you know, like how am I a hater if I'm stating something factual to you, you know, relationships, same thing happens, you know, you know, I never told you I loved you, you know, but you know, you can say it in other ways. How about this? I could just say, I love you. But if I don't say that, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a, it, it doesn't mean it happened. And I, and I, and, and that's, what's just kind of, I don't want to say it's unfortunate, unfortunate, it's just that everybody wants to do this. Everybody seemingly wants to do this. And they don't think about how you have to think about your words, how you respond, how you tactful, how can you understand how another side of something may be. So the white knighting for Caitlin Clark, I think that part of is, is of what social media is. Some people want to make it more than what it is, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that. Some people still see the Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese you know, back right. and forth that was going on in the championship game and take connotations from that all the way to the other side of town to this conversation when those two things don't even apply. Yeah, no doubt about it. It will be interesting and be fun to watch. Again, she is enjoyable to watch. It's a lot of fun. We'll see how that translates once the NCAA tournament rolls around because they are going to yeah. at some point run into a team like South Carolina who looks like they are – as dominant on the women's side as UConn has been on the men's side. All right, we've got something that if you want to gamble on today, if you need to have your Monday action, hey, NASCAR, the opening thing of their season, the Daytona 500, and I've never understood this, KJ, that they open up their season with the biggest race 
of their schedule, the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl is the first week of the season. But we've got some guys out there that are looking to take home the title, including three-time winner Denny Hamlin. He is the odds-on favorite at plus 500. Are you going to go with just the favorite? Do you know enough about NASCAR to dig deep and take one of these other guys that's back in the pack? Are you just going to sit back and just enjoy watching it on a day off anyway? I'm not going to wager anything, but I do have a theory. First, the reason why they run it first is because this is when your engine is the freshest. This is when your paint's the freshest. This is when your tire's the freshest. So if it was the Super Bowl and people hobbled in like football players do, I mean, you would have wrecks on like lap five, you know, transmissions just dropping because, you know, the car got used the whole season. Like you might have two cars in your tire stock. So look, I did a little digging. If you think about wagering something, I think it's important to know What's the stock of car that's won this race? And then look at some of the players, right? So since 14, it's gone Chevy, Ford, Toyota. Ford, Chevy, Toyota. Toyota, Ford, Ford, Chevy. Ford has won two of the last three. So I would look at players like Joey Logano, who won it in 15. He's a Ford driver. Kyle uh, Ryan Blaney won it at the summer race, finished second. Twice in the 500, he drives a Ford. They're both at plus 1,200. So those are a couple of guys I would look at because they're driving Fords. Fords have won two out of the last three Daytonas. Now, granted, with the rain, that might change some things. But I would I would probably look for maybe a little mini Ford dominance here with the storyline under, under Belly, no pun intended on the car, is that Ford would win three out of the last four Daytonas. It, it is interesting that I think for the first 50-some years of the, of the Daytona 500, they never had a rain delay, never had a weather issue at all. And now lately, I think this is the third time in the last five years they've had weather issues. Just random. It's dumb luck. But it is weird that for 50-plus years, no problems at Daytona. And now all of a sudden they can't seem to get out from underneath the rain, at least here recently. Uh, I'll probably tune in and watch. I'm, I'm not a NASCAR fan. I'm not a racing fan. But – the 500, the Indianapolis 500, races like that, you got to flip over because it's just such an American tradition. You got to at least take it a couple laps here and there, don't you? Yeah, and I'm I'm now on Twitter on social saying, boo Bill Rowland, he said he's, he's just going to turn <laughs> over to it. NASCAR is the great American sport. It stands for National American Stock Car Racing Association. And we're North Americans, Right? Right? <laughs> I'm going to get murdered. It'll just be like Jinx making the Swifties all angry. I'm just kind of a bunch of guys named Bubba screaming at me on my Twitter feed now. But so be it. All right, hour number three. Why, is why I got to be Bubba? Talk a, little, talk a little NFL on the other side. Bill Rowan and KJ Carson in for Chelsea and Jinx. It's the Daily Tip brought to you by BetMGM. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.